Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode of the Bear Stalk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. This year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win, and if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet, and that's what we call no risk all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. What's up, guys? And who says short weeks have to be uneventful? My goodness. It's only Tuesday, and we've got, I mean, it, it's not a, you know, like the amount of news that we've got to go through, but we've got some, some big news rolling through uh, Chicago uh, this week, especially today uh, on Tuesday. I mean, it's, it's basically been talked about. For a while, it's been speculated, like I know that I've speculated it quite a bit, um, you know, over the over the weeks of this uh, over the last several weeks, actually, in the, of this season where, um, you know, God forbid the Bears can't pick up a win. If we end up losing to Detroit, that's six in a row for the second year in a row. And, uh, you know, if that happens, what's the point in keeping Nagy around? We're three and eight at that point. We would have to win out. We'd have to go undefeated to not have a losing record for 2021. We'd have to win out to have a shot at a playoff berth. And, um, you know, with the Cardinals and the Packers up next in those in those two games, it's like, yeah, the, the season's over at this point. What would be the point of hanging around or keeping Matt Nagy around? Well, yeah, I guess the McCaskies and the powers that be are feeling that way too because that rumor was absolutely everywhere today, so much so that Matt Nagy was confronted with it at his press conference today in Hallis Hall. We'll talk about that, other keys to the game, and everything else. So let's go ahead and dive right in. This is the Deep Dive Preview episode for week number 12 of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Well, 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 what a crazy Tuesday. Uh, you know, like I said, with this short week, it's it's all walkthrough practices and, you know, some press conferences and everything. It's not supposed to be exciting and eventful and 
uh, probably unfortunately for the Bears, possibly a huge distraction uh, going into this uh, game. Whether the rumors are true and, and Nagy already knows his fate or it's just like, oh, there's a 99.99% chance that if he figures out how to lose a game to the Detroit Lions, who haven't won a game yet this year, uh, he better not get on the plane or the bus or whatever back to Chicago uh, from Detroit. He should just, you know, hitchhike back home or something because he won't be welcome in Hallis Hall uh, anymore. What's going on, everybody? Larry back the Week 12 Deep Dive Preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. We had our talk with Jeremy Reisman from Pride of Detroit yesterday. If you guys want to check that one out, feel free. And, um, you know, it, it's, it was a fun conversation talking to Jeremy, who went through this exact scenario last year. The Detroit Lions were in the midst of a, I think, four-game losing streak, something like that. Our, their win over us was if they hadn't beat us when they did last year, um, to give us our sixth loss in a row. I mean, how ironic that they do it two years in a row. But it was the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, they come into Soldier Field and hand us our sixth loss in a row. That was their only win in, like, I think 10 or 11 weeks or something like that. Because I think if they don't beat us, they end up losing, like, the last 11 or 12 games of the season uh, last year. And um, so they were in the midst of a hell of a losing streak. They get blown up by the Houston Texans on Thanksgiving Day. And Matt Patricia, who was only in his third year uh, in Detroit, is let go. They fire him uh, after the game uh, against the Texans. Daryl Bevel was the interim coach that came in and helped uh, helped them beat us uh, week 12, 13, whatever it was last year, where as I've talked about a thousand times since then was the game where I had reached my breaking point with, uh, you know, Nagy. And, uh, that was the one where, you know, famously on Monday, I'm listening to all, all of my podcast and, and, you know, analyst, uh, you know, shows and, and everyone in agreement with what went wrong. Why were we doing this? All asking the same questions and, and just boiled over with frustration. If it's so obvious to quite literally everyone, how is it that Nagy and company are so oblivious to it? And here we are, a full, almost a full calendar year later, we're still asking the same questions. We're still listening to Nagy talk about figuring out the whys and trying to find offensive rhythm. Uh, this is year four of the system, you know, and I know that we're in year one with a rookie quarterback and, and what have you, but. The system should be running well around him because a lot of the guys that are on the field have been in the system for more than a year. You know, even guys like Cole Komet and, and Darnell Mooney, this is year two in the system for them. You know, most of the offensive line was around last year. I mean, James Daniels was hurt. I mean, Daniels has been around since the beginning. He's a 2018 draftee. So he came in day one with Matt Nagy uh, and everything like that. So, I mean, it's just how is it that we're still not able to execute how is it that, uh, that a guy who's a proponent of the taunting rule has one of the least disciplined teams in the league, constant penalties, we lead the league in taunting and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he's talking about just keep fighting, just keep battling, just stay together and don't, you know, it's... it's and then on Sunday, after the Ravens loss, which... Like I said, thank God for for quick turnarounds. I just had to crank those shows out and get them over with uh, to move on to this one. But asking the the press corps asking 
if uh, Justin Fields is healthy, is he's your starter on Thursday, right? And he wouldn't answer the question. He wouldn't answer the question. Oh, we'll we'll you know we'll 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 evaluate all that, and we're gonna we're gonna wait till we have all the information and blah 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 blah. Okay, I'm not asking you for solid 100. Uh, percent He's definitely starting. Uh, well, he he wasn't asking about his health status. I said if if he's healthy, if he's ready to go, will he start on Thursday? He would not answer the question, and it's that kind of thing that's also driving. The beat writer's nuts. This is not a difficult question to ask. Like the, like the week that he was out with COVID, he wouldn't tell everybody where he was. We, we don't need an exact location, Coach. I mean, we, we know that you're not at home, so... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know, what's the harm in saying, oh, I'm bunkered up in a hotel room uh, or something like that? He told us that after the fact. It's just, what kind of competitive advantage are you keeping from the 49ers by them knowing you're in a hotel room. I mean, it's just th- those are the kinds of things that have become so ridiculous over time. And what's, what's weird about it is that one of the things that I loved about Nagy when he first came around, like in his initial press conference, how loose he was with the press, and you just kind of got this feeling uh, going into the first year. I mean, even in training camp and all that kind of stuff, that transparency was going to be a part of it. After three years uh, of John Fox being as elusive and avoided, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, I can't think of the word, but, you know, just being, you know, uh, he just wouldn't tell the, the media anything. Nagy coming in, if you felt like transparency, not that he's going to be giving away the, the store or anything like that, but you ask him a straightforward question, he'll give you a straightforward answer and somehow that has devolved into him pretty much of refusing to to answer anything straight up there's always some kind of word salad some kind of you know uh as the, the they like to say on the football after show gobbledygook uh, uh you know shooting out of the front of naggy stupid face and uh you know it, it, all of it and amounts to you just be like I, I don't really know he, he said a lot did he actually answer the question because i wasn't clear so but, um, you know, so, I mean, it, it's, it's come out today that, um, you know, and, and people stating that they have sources that, you know, inside the building or blah, 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 that no matter what, or it, it's, it's varied from no matter what Thursday is his last game, uh, all the way ranging to Nagy has, has been told Thursday is his last game. Because of the short week, they're letting him finish. Uh, they're letting him coach this game against Detroit, and then he's done, uh, you know, all the way to, uh, you know, it's, 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 if he loses, it's over. So it's, it's a wide-ranging 
spectrum of, of rumors from that he's already had the conversation, that he already knows he's done, to the, the rumor that he is done on Thursday, win or lose, to if they lose on Thursday, it's over kind of thing. So it's been a crazy day with rumors flying all over, all over the place. Bears Twitter has been a very interesting place uh, to hang out uh, today. Uh, you know, and all of the, the the rumor and speculation about who the who the interim head coach would be, and you know, we may have that answer already because it was Chris Tabor that stepped up and was the interim coach the week that Nagy was out for the 49ers w- with COVID uh, and everything. I think that the best choice would be Mike Pettin, and simply because not because Tabor didn't do a good job because I believe that he did, but he's the special teams coordinator. In Mike Pettin, you have a guy that is a an experienced head coach. He he coached the Cleveland Browns for a few years, um, and putting him in at head coach leaves the other coordinators to do their jobs. You know, um, Sean Desai is still a defensive coordinator. Tabor can run the special teams unit. Uh, Bill Lazor is is the offensive uh, coordinator, and you just have a guy who's going to be out there being the head coach. You know, leading the team, uh, making the decisions, you know, going forward on fourth down, do we go for two, all that nonsense that Nagy can't seem to get right without calling a goddamn timeout first and just let him, let the, let the coordinators coordinate their units and I'll coordinate the coordinators kind of thing, which is basically what a head coach is supposed to do. Um, but Nagy's been too busy being so, uh, being an egomaniac, essentially, man. It, it just... Um, it's unfortunate that it's come to this. Uh, and this video starting to surface um, today of um, apparently Matt Nuggy's son plays for Lake Forest High School, and they had a playoff game this past Saturday where uh, it was later revealed that it was the student section of their opponents, uh, Cary Grove High School in Illinois, that, was, uh, that started a fire Nagy chant in the middle of the game. Um, yeah, that's not cool. I mean, and it, but the funny thing is, it was before we lost to the Ravens too. This was on Saturday. We didn't lose to the Ravens until Sunday. So the fire Nagy chant, you know, maybe it was just meant to, uh, you know, obviously aimed at the the younger Nagy, and I think Coach Nagy was there as well. So, um, you know, I'm sure that when he, if and when he was spotted, that's where that uh, came from. But I mean, we've we've had fire Nagy chants in the Bulls game uh, last night on Monday. And, um, you know, there was a fire Nagy chant in Soldier Field uh, during and after uh, the game. You know, I don't remember any fire Tressman uh, chants. I don't remember any fire, uh, you know, fire Fox, you know, chants or, or anything uh, like that. And it's not because it uh, that fire Nagy has a nice uh, ring to it. It rolls off the tongue uh, kind of thing. It's just... You know, Tressman and Fox were definitely. We knew they were on their way when they were on their way out. But it was it, even with the whole Aaron Cromer thing with uh, with Tressman, where it was revealed that it was Aaron Cromer that was talking trash about Jay Cutler to the press uh, behind his back uh, and everything. It, 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 it was just like, yeah, can't wait for the season to be over so Tressman can be gone. It, it, with with Nagy, it's just like get rid of this guy now. Get rid of him now. It's just that, you know, it's like no one really had this this sense of urgency with getting rid uh, of a coach uh, the, the way that it's being, you know, spewed at uh, at Nagy. And, um, 
you know, it, it's been a hell of a thing to sit back and uh, and watch, especially this year. You know, we've we've had a really bad run uh, of coaches since uh, since Ditka was let go. I mean, and all the success that he had. Uh, Wanstat was at best mediocre. Jerron was awful. Lovey was the best of the bunch, and even his tenure was uneven at times. He was more successful than he wasn't. We went back to the Super Bowl under Lovey. We won division titles under Lovey. Went to NFC championships uh, uh, with Lovey. But, you know, as his tenure went along, now all of a sudden we can't beat the Packers anymore, which is something that he emphasized in his early in his very first press conference after being hired, it was something he did right away. I think it was like four and one, five and one uh, against the Packers at the start uh, of his career. But I think he had a losing record against the team at the end. So, um, but even, but, you know, obviously Lovey, the best of the bunch, we fired him after a 10 and six season. And we've been reeling since then. Aside from Nagy's 12 and four season, his rookie year uh, as head coach, we've been eight and eight the last two seasons. So he can claim that, you know, or we as Bear fans can claim he hasn't had uh, a losing season. But what did you like about 2019 or 2020 or anything like that that would say that, you know, that where you would brag that we haven't had a losing season in the way that Steeler fans can brag about Mike Tomlin not having a losing season uh, in his 16, 15 years or whatever it's been as head coach of the uh, black and gold. So... You know, and obviously Tressman was a disaster. So was, I mean, Phil Emery was no gem uh, either. He was the idiot that hired uh, Tressman because because of something he didn't like about Bruce Arians, man. That one's, boy, if we could go back and change anything, that, that's, that would be way at the top of the list, hiring Arians over Tressman. Good God, man. You, you hire the CFL head coach over a guy that just took a rookie Football, a rookie quarterback on a football team that was one in 15, two and 14 the year before, you know, steps in in an interim row when the head coach gets sick and then has cancer and is out for, you know, most of the season. And, you know, when they went, he was a, a rookie of the year. He was, uh, they were, they won the division. They went to the, the playoffs and all that kind of stuff. You don't want to hire that guy. No, we want to hire. This other guy who's been playing, uh, who's been coaching in a different league where the game is pretty, it's almost completely different in Canada from the rules to the amount of players on the field and the lot, the size of the field and how points are scored, the whole nine yards. It's a completely different game. We hire that guy who's been out of our league versus the guy that was, you know, that just moved mountains in Indianapolis to take a two and 14 team to the playoffs. And, you know, and was named coach of the year, even though he wasn't even the head coach of the football team. Yeah, uh, don't we, we don't need that guy. No, nah, we'll get the other guy. So, yeah. And then, of course, John Fox. We, we you know, I, I love the hire when it happened. I was very excited about Fox. I'll admit that right here, right now. This is a guy that's had success wherever he's been when he was in Carolina. He was just, you know, a, a year or two removed from a Super Bowl appearance with the um, Broncos. Uh, and everything like that. And, you know, this was the guy who figured out how to win football games with Tim Tebow as his head coach. I mean, we can certainly win some games with Jay Cutler, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, and then we move on to Nagy, who comes in. He's, you know, this young offensive 
genius. We got this young quarterback that, uh, you know, struggled at times but showed flashes in his rookie year. And the two of them together going to take us to the mountaintop and uh, we're going to go from there and score points. And uh, it was uh, Olin Cruz mentioned on the football after show on Sunday since week 14, which is like the week after we played the or the week that we played the Rams on Sunday night football since then. Since week 14 and beyond, the Bears are averaging like 19 points a game. And yeah, somehow that was enough to, because we won, I think, the rest of the games there's, that season. After the Rams game, we weren't were undefeated like the last month of the season. And then, but we lost our playoff game 16 to 15, you know? So that, that feeds right into, into that narrative. Lost the first game of the year uh, against the Packers 10 to 3 where our defense sacked Aaron Rodgers five times. They only ran for 40 yards, and, you know, it's just <laughs> somehow we lost that game because they scored 10, we only scored three. Give me a break, man. And the whole year was like that. And it's just been the last three seasons, Nagy doing things that really nobody can explain, and then when they ask him about it in the press conference, he'll give you some nonsense kind of answer He'll give you some kind of uh, like the the word salad is, is one of my favorite phrases. He just throws a bunch of words at you. It's English, so you understand what he's saying. You just don't understand what he's saying. You know what I mean? So, you know, they talked to him. They they confronted him, and the rumors were so, you know, were, were serious enough where people are claiming they have sources that it's done. The decision's been made. Thursday is it. He is out. He's done. He's gone. That uh, they asked Nagy about it in the, in his press conference today at Hallis Hall. He denies it completely. He says that is uh, the, the, I think the the quote that came over my on my phone on the notifications today was that is not accurate. Saying that he has had no discussions about the future of his job. That he is the head coach of the Bears now and will be until something changes. So I mean, and then you know, God forbid they lose on. Thursday and he's fired on Friday, then, uh, you know, he'll be glad that you don't have to go in front of the press and tell him, like, yeah, I did know. Okay, fine. I knew Thursday was going to be my last game. So, yeah. But, I mean, logically, guys, never mind this nonsense about not firing a coach in midseason or whatever. If ever there was a time to break precedent, this is it. This is it. Especially if we lose. You know, and honestly, I believe wholeheartedly, guys, I, and I, I believe I've said this, and I think I even said it yesterday to Jeremy, that if we were playing on a regular week, if we had a game on Sunday instead of this coming Thursday, I think Nagy would be gone now. That is how devastating a loss that was. Losing that game to the Ravens was worse than losing to the, than how we lost to the, uh, to the, to the uh, Browns. Then how we lost to the Browns, how incompetent and inept we looked against the Browns. This was worse than that. This was worse than that. Because the Browns were coming at us full force. They were beating us with Miles Garrett, with Jadavian Clowney. They had Nick Chubb and um, the other running back. I can't forget his name. I can't remember his name now. The former Kansas City Chief. Um you know, they were at full. I mean, aside from not having, uh, you know, OBJ on the team, they were they were at full strength. 
and they beat us pillar to post, and it wasn't even. Uh, you know, and the funny thing was, our defense played out, and that's that's the ironic thing, is that even in these horrible losses that we've had to the Ravens and to the Browns, what's overshadowed in those two performances? How well the defense played. Because, yeah, we got sacked nine times in that Browns game, but our defense had five sacks, okay? The Ravens didn't sack the Justin Fields nine times. I think they got two, maybe two or three times. I think three with the, with the one on Dalton at the end. But we had six sacks on this. On this I don't know, he's not a rookie, but it was his rookie start. It was his very first start as an NFL quarterback. We, weren't, we didn't have to play against Lamar Jackson. They're, they're leading, who, who is their leading rusher and their leading passer and their leading pass catcher, Hollywood Brown, was also out uh, of the football game. Their best offensive player was probably Mark Andrews, the tight end in that game. And yet it was more than enough for them to be able to pull out a victory against us on Sunday. You know, that's why this is worse. We were at home. They were playing as shorthanded as shorthanded could be on the offensive side, and yet what they did offensively, despite being sacked six times and having like zero modicum of a running game, they scored 16 points, and that was enough to beat us because we were that inept on offense that we couldn't manage to score more. For a guy that was hired to improve our offensive output, yeah, if we were playing on Sunday, I would, I would, I really would like to believe he'd be done now. But the rumor is, and it started yesterday, and it really picked up today, that he's done. And, and like I said, depending on which one you want to believe, or which person says they have the right source that this is already a done, uh, you know, a done deal. As far as like, oh, upper management is done. This is over with. Thanksgiving is the end. Uh, to the fact, you know, to he has spoken to the McCaskies or to Ryan Pace or whatever and be given his walking papers, he's done uh, on Friday, it's over, you know, however you want to weigh in. I hate to say it, but I hope it's true. I hope it's true. It, it really is just that thing that's kind of hanging over the team right now because we know he's done. We know he's done. It's like nothing short of an undefeated 7-0 and stretch for the rest of the season is going to save the season. He's got to win out, and we have to. We got to score thirty points a game. The defense has got to be its twenty eighteen self again. That's the only thing that's going to save Nagy's job. To to have the team rally around him in such a way that it's just like okay, you know, well, you know, that's it. But reality being the fact that, you know, we should win on Thursday. We absolutely should. I'm picking the Bears to win. As a selfish Bears fan, I want to see the team win. I do. I'm sick of doing these podcasts where we're talking about what went wrong. Uh, I'm also tired of being that guy that has a million things to bitch about even when we win. You know, <laughs> I read your iTunes uh, um, uh, reviews uh, and stuff. You know, somebody was uh, somebody put one in there was basically, you know, like, come on, man, we won. What are you complaining about? It's like, you know, how many yeah, but victories did we have in 2019 out of the eight games that we won? How many were just like solid, no doubt about it, Bears win victories out of the eight? I think if my if memory serves, we had two 
out of the eight, there was always something hanging over those victories. Same thing in, in, in 2020. It's like we, we happened to dominate a very easy schedule in the beginning. We started 3-0. and We were 5-1. and And then we lost six in a row. We ran into a stretch of the schedule. It's like the Titans, the Rams, the Saints. Yeah, that could probably get ugly. And then we lost to the Vikings. Well, okay. And then after the bye, well, it's the Packers. That's five in a row. And then the Lions. Well, the Lions. This has got to be the end of the losing streak here, right? Nope. We lose again. And each worse, each loss seeming to be worse than the one before it. We had a, we had a four-game losing streak in 2019, um, and we had a six-game losing streak. We're on a five-game losing streak with, hopefully, the Lions stopping, helping us end that streak before we start a new one, because we got at least a two-game losing streak coming after this. We're not going to beat Arizona or the Packers. No matter what Lauren Cox and I said the other day about, you know what? What feels like the most logical place for the Bears to steal a win? It's in Lambeau on Sunday night. Justin Fields, second bite at the Apple against the Packers and, you know, national TV. And, you know, he stepped up in a big way against the Steelers on national TV. This just feels like one. Like the Packers, just you know, they just know they have their number. We're going to catch them. They're cocky. And boom, we're going to steal a win here in Lambeau. Wouldn't that just be fantastic? I, I don't I don't believe that's going to happen anymore. <laughs> I really don't. So, I mean, it's just, um, you know, the funny thing is, because of Justin Fields, I'm not in this mode that I had been the last two seasons, in 2019 and 2020. And this is where a lot of my anger and distaste for Matt Nagy comes from. Both in 2019 and 2020, I couldn't wait for the year to be over. I wanted the season to be over so I didn't have to watch my team play like this anymore. The just the the incompetence, the penalties, the you know, the, making everything look so goddamn hard. When when our opponents, even the teams that we beat, make it look easy at times. You know, they'll look at that the way they just move, motored on down the field. Uh, and everything, even when we have our success that always come at a cost of somehow there was a penalty here, or, you know, it's just some head scratching thing that somehow went our way or, or something like that. It's just been nothing but, a, uh, you know, a discomfort to watch this team play. And it continued into 2021. And the only thing that was exciting that is exciting about it now is watching Justin Fields. We got this guy that we were never supposed to be able to get our hands on. He falls in our lap, and God bless Ryan Pace and Dave Gettleman, who didn't gut us uh, to, to move up to take, the, to take the QB. We made the move, and we got our guy. This, this is the future of the Bears franchise for the next 10 years, if not more, knock on wood. So that's what's exciting. That's what, that's what I keep getting out of bed for as far as the Bears uh, are concerned, to, to, to watch this kid to watch this kid play, to watch him blossom into the player that we all believe he can be. And now more than anything, I want to get him away from Matt Nagy to see what he can really do. To bring someone in that's going to work the offense and, you know, mold it around Justin Fields and what he does best and helps him improve to learn the rest of the game. Like they were doing, like Greg Roman's been doing in Baltimore with, uh, with Lamar Jackson. You know, it started that they would they built the offense around so we could focus on the running game, and they were the best rushing attack 
in the NFL, and slowly but surely in 2020 and again here in 2021, they've been working on his game to improve his ability to throw the football. And that's working. They're doing that. So he's still developing even in year, what, four? I think this is his fourth year. Yeah, he was drafted in 2018. So to, to be able to see Justin Fields do that, to, 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 to build the offense around him, to emphasize what he does well, cover up what he doesn't, and work on what he doesn't so he can become a complete quarterback. Matt Nagy seems to be the kind of guy that's just holding him back. And uh, case, case number one is the uh, first two plays that Andy Dalton is out on the field were the two plays that we as Bear fans and uh, – and, and all we're, we're screaming for the entire football game up to that point. We are three and a half, we're two and a half quarters into this game. It was eight minutes to go in the third quarter when Andy Dalton throws the RPO screen to Darnell Mooney, who runs it in for a touchdown. So now we're running screens. That's great. And this was, you know, go back a play. We, we threw the ball to Jimmy Graham. So now we're getting the tight ends involved. Now that Justin Fields is not in the game, anymore what what's the deal there no i mean and this nothing against andy dalton at all this is Nagy and laser calling it's like where were these plays when our rookie quarterback that can do everything andy dalton can do and then some where were these plays when he was in there because look what's already happened it's not because andy dalton's on the field it's because we're running the plays we've been begging you guys to run this whole football game you finally run them now that the rookie is out and boom look at what we're doing a six to nothing game is all of a sudden seven to six. We're actually winning this damn thing now. We're helping out our defense by scoring points for a change. Look at this. We could have done this when Justin Fields was on was on the field. But now you you wanted to I can't wait to get him to get him away. But I'm still excited to watch how he finishes out this season. I, I hope he's healthy enough to play against the Cardinals. I hope he's healthy enough to play against the Packers. I really would like to see if he could do what, what Lauren and I were, were talking about, that he'd be able to pull off the upset, you know, that he's uh, seen the Packers for the second time and he's going to go into Lambeau and he's going to run a touchdown in and tell them that I am going to own you. I'm going to own you. You know, may not own you yet. I'm, gonna, I'm going to own this place. I'm going to own Lambeau Field. Wouldn't that be just, oof, wouldn't that just be amazing? If that you know, if that scenario could play itself out, that uh, you know, it's a it's a close game, we're we're charging down the field. We need a touchdown to take the lead or a touchdown to win, and it just so happens that it takes Justin Fields running a ball into the end zone, and he <laughs> he tells Lambeau Field, "I'm going to own you. I own you now. I'm I'm going. Whatever you know. We just wouldn't that just be ooh." <laughs> As much as it stung to hear Rogers saying that to the bear, to the bear loyalists, the bear faithful in Soldier Field, how sweet would it be to watch Justin Fields do it in Lambeau on national TV? <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? But that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Justin Fields could make it happen. Matt Nagy won't let it. So, yeah. So that was the big news coming out of uh, Hallis Hall today. Like I said, the rumors had sources and so on and so forth, so much to the point that uh, the reporters had to do their jobs and ask Nagy, what's going on here? 
Are you done after Thursday? Have you had any discussions about your future as head coach of this football team and, you know, all that kind of stuff? You packing up your desk? Because Friday's right around the corner, bro. You know, that kind of thing. So, and like I said, he denied it all. And uh, he said, just focused on, focused on winning games. So, you know, the other big news that's come out this week came out on Monday, uh, even after Nagy told the press corps that he wanted to wait uh, to have all of the information before making a decision on his starting quarterback for Thursday. Um, Andy Dalton will start for us on Thursday. I have no problem with that. Uh, no problem whatsoever. This is why I was happy that uh, Dalton's injury in week two was not the torn ACL that I thought it was when I saw his knee buckle the way it did uh, when he was you know, scrambling against the Bengals in week two. Because, so, you know, this is, this is the scenario that we want. It's like Justin Fields is our starting quarterback. He's out there learning and doing his thing. But if something happens to Justin Fields like it did on Sunday against the Ravens, we got Andy Dalton. Nothing to worry about, man. Nothing to worry about. He's a veteran. He's a pro. He can get the job done. Not like if Nick Foles comes in there. It's like, okay, everything has to be perfect in order for Foles to be able to run the offense. Andy Dalton, he's taken his lumps in Cincinnati and came through out on the other side. He can handle this, you know, not to mention it probably gives uh, Nagy a boner to have, uh, you know, Andy Dalton finally running his huddle again. So at least there's that, right? So I have no issues with Andy Dalton playing uh, on Thursday. Um, but uh, I would like to say here and now, it doesn't matter if we win on Thursday. If Justin Fields is healthy, they had better put him back in. Because this is, this, is, this, is this is not about that anymore. It's not about that anymore. So not about this, he gives us the best chance to win nonsense or whatever. No, he doesn't. And at this point, it's not about, it's not about winning. We're not making the playoffs. There is no future in 2021. The season is over. So Dalton goes back to the bench. We get to see how Justin Fields handles uh, playing against the best team in the NFC, 9-2 and two right now, and then the other best team in the NFC, at uh, what eight and seven and three, eight and three, in the Packers, yeah, I want to see that. So, I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers and again Andy Dalton. No thanks. I want to see Aaron Rodgers versus Justin Fields 2.0. I want to see how the kid handles a second bite at that apple. I want to see that big time. So, um, let's see. Was there anything else news and notes wise? No, no. I think that was. All that I had, it's like, you know, I said it was, there wasn't a ton of news because of what we've, uh, what we've got going on. I mean, there's the injury report. Let me see if I can pull that up here, uh, real quick. No, no real surprises. Obviously Justin Fields, they've only had walkthroughs. There hasn't been any real practices yet, but, uh, it was kind of like the bears had a walkthrough and had they had an actual practice, here's who would have been limited. Here's who would have been full stop and all the rest of that stuff, and it's not up on the team website. That's cool. Anyway, <laughs> so never mind then. Uh, I do know that Eddie Jackson was limited, so I'm hoping we get him back. God knows we need him um, for his coverage help and all that kind of stuff. We certainly don't need him. It's, it's not the best game for him to come back, to be honest with you, because the Lions run the football. They're the opposite, as we know, talking to Jeremy, they're the opposite of what they were before. 
They were a pass-heavy offense that uh, rarely ran the football, and when they tried, they did it poorly. So we needed Eddie Jackson for games like that because he's tremendous in pass coverage, despite the fact that he hasn't had an interception since 2019. But this is the opposite. The Lions have no faith in their passing game. They have no real threats in the passing game, aside from the uh, tight end whose name for the second day in a row I cannot remember. The young tight end from Iowa, I can't remember his name, and it bothers me. But anyway, they they live and die by running the ball. And what's Eddie Jackson really, really good at? Not tackling. So maybe this isn't the best game to uh, dust off Eddie Jackson and throw him back out there. But uh, if he's healthy, we we need him to play. We could use the spark, that's for sure. So maybe he could be out there to finally pick off this, uh, you know, another uh, – pass to uh you know to break the streak or, or to when you know when the when the, I was going to say dolphins when the Detroit does try to pass the ball Eddie Jackson's there to snag it out of the uh out of the air so anyway let's go ahead and um take a quick break then we'll do keys to the game and wrap this thing up <coughs> this episode of the bear stock underground is brought to you by my bookie this year, Turkey Day at MyBookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win, and if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you can't lose this bet, and that's what we call no risk all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD, as in sports drink, to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS app store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. <laughs> I've decided that I want to do keys to the game as though this were just a regular game, and we want to talk about what it is the Bears need to do in order to win. And um, 
for the sake of the team and, you know, hell, even for the sake of Nagy, who, you know, for the fourth time in four tries, uh, put an offense on the field that was slow to get its feet, that didn't score its first points until the halfway point of the third quarter. We need to get off to a fast start uh, against the Lions. I mean, this is a football team that is 0-9. This is a football team that is one of the worst scoring offenses in football, right along with ours. But it's also a team that does not bode, that does not do well in playing from behind. You know, it's just one of those things where it's just we get out in front of them early. We can pretty much cruise to victory. Now, I know that I ominously say that because I'm a huge um, hater of those that play not to lose. And, uh, yeah, I I would like us to be aggressive, stay aggressive uh, against the Lions, and I think that it will all take care of itself kind of thing. You know, where if if we get out in front of the Lions, the, oh, here we go again feeling with this football team will set in and we'll be able to just ride our own ticket for the rest of the football game. And But it's like getting off to a fast start, I think, is key for the morale of the team to have some momentum to, to build off of something, to, to get a good vibe going, if nothing else. Uh, in the game, as opposed to struggling uh, or or failing to finish. I mean, obviously, that's got to be a key to the game. Was we got to finish? We had this amazing opening drive um, for however many many weeks in a row that is. But we had this a we had to settle for a field goal because we keep running the plays that everybody sees coming in these critical third down situations. So we have to settle for a field goal, and we came away empty because Cairo Santos did miss the field goal. So we got to be able to finish. The hell with field goal attempts. Put the ball in the end zone. I mean, if you, if anybody, any of you guys watch the football after show on NBC Sports Chicago, that's all Olin Cruz talks about. If you and if you don't get a chance to watch it, watch the clips on on YouTube. Olin Cruz talks over and over again. You know, it, it's at times it's not really even an issue about whether or not the Bears can move the ball. It's scoring points. It is scoring points. They just can't score. Uh, enough points and here we are our defense is you know sacked quarterback six times and uh you know we, we shut down the running game for the most part and uh you know we we did it without you know we were able to take advantage of the fact that the football gods gifted us no Lamar Jackson uh in this game and the defense only gave up 16 points that should have been enough for us to win you score 17 points that's it you win it's over you won you know, your defense did its job, held them to 16 points. That should be more than enough for you to, to take over and win the football game, period. You know, and instead, 16 was more than we could overcome. So, you know, getting off to a fast start is going to be very important, especially since we've seen so many of these Thursday night games go weird on people. And it just seems like the team that's more prepared to play is always the one that wins. Not, you know, not starts out early or starts. The one that came more ready to play than the other is the one that wins. Obviously, the most recent example being the Ravens and the Dolphins. The Dolphins showed up to play. They were the 2-6 and six team or whatever going into that game. It was the Ravens who were 6-2 and, and had everything to play for. 
Uh, it's the Dolphins who are kind of running out the string uh, at this point, and they were the ones that attacked the Ravens. They're the ones that stayed after them, and they're the ones that won the football game. So whoever comes more prepared to play will be the team that wins, which we're lucky we're playing the Lions because if it was anybody else, I would vote for the other team to be more ready than us. So, And it's not that Dan Campbell doesn't get his guys ready to play. Dan Campbell's playing with uh, you know a few sandwiches short of a picnic uh, out there as far as his talent level uh, on the roster. You know, he just he just doesn't have the horses this year. That's something the Lions are hoping for. That's something our good friend Jamie Rising is hoping for. And me as a football fan, I'm kind of bored with the Lions being a bad football team. I'd like to see them do better myself, to be completely honest with you. So, you know, of course, not the two Sundays that we play them, but every other week of the season. I would, I would like to go back to the days where the NFC North or Central, as it was back in the day, was a carousel. The Bears, the Packers, the Vikings, the Lions all took turns winning the division. It was the, the Buccaneers who could never figure it out back when they were still in the, the NFC Central. But, you know, the Bears would win it, then the Vikings would, then there's the Packers, then there's the Lions, especially as we went from the 80s into the 90s. The Lions won the division in 91. The Packers won it in 92. I think the Vikings won in 93. You know, that kind of thing. It just kind of rotated its way around. And there was one year where four teams, the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions, and the Packers all made the playoffs, I think, in 94. And then it was just the division winners in the East and the West, because there were only three divisions back then, that made the playoffs that year. Four teams from the NFC Central made the playoffs. That was the year the Bears played the Vikings in the uh, wild card and beat them. But getting off to a fast start, I can't emphasize it enough for for Nagy's sake to kind of uh, you know go against the narrative that his teams are never seem to be prepared or not ready uh, or anything like that, and just for the team's sake to have morale, to have some juice going into uh, the game, you know, kind of like I mean, the last game that Andy Dalton started, Week Two against the Bengals, we took the opening drive in for a touchdown, and we were able to use that to carry us to victory, you know, kind of thing. Not that that's what did it for us, but that early momentum, being able to cash in moment one, is huge. It is huge. So that is number one for me, is getting off to that fast start. If, uh, you know, for the Bears' sake, for Nagy's sake, just get off to a fast start. Hell, for the nation's sake, because they're going to have to suffer through the Bears and the Lions as the first game on Thanksgiving. You know, Don't make these poor people start screaming into the kitchen and ask them when dinner's going to be ready so they don't have to watch this nonsense anymore. You know, let's give them an enjoyable game to watch. To we're like, what? The, it's not over yet. You know, like can, dinner can wait. You know, that kind of thing. That's a, that's what we want. I'm saying instead of like, oh, thank God, it's time for dinner. This game sucks. You know, that kind of thing. So uh, the other uh, mist- the other uh, mistakes, the <laughs> the other keys uh, that I have. Uh, number one is uh, I, I I read today that the Lions are leaning towards Jared Goff. Playing, if whether it's Tim Boyle or Jared Goff, just be aggressive. Same way that we were against the uh, the Ravens. You know, Robert Quinn had three and a half sacks uh, against the uh, the Ravens on Sunday. Three and a half. Oh, what an outside. I mean, he just I'm so happy that Robert Quinn is is having the year uh, that he's having. You know, like we don't have to have this discussion about uh, you know cutting him to save money and getting rid of an old player. No, 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 no. Robert Quinn's going to be in a bear uniform in 2022. Absolutely. You know, and hopefully Khalil Mack will be 100% healthy and we'll 
he'll be back so we can have those two together. Because when they played together, I think they only played together for like five games this year because of the games, you know, Quinn missed and, uh, you know, then Mac was out and, and all that kind of stuff. Because Mac only played in seven games and he played a couple of them without Robert Quinn. So I think the Venn diagram of, you know, where, where Quinn and Mac were on the field together was only about five games this year. And, you know, through, through the first seven games where Mac was playing, they were the leading sack duo in the NFL. You know, it just, and everyone's time when, when it's, you know, came out this week that Mac was, or last week that Mac was going on IR, uh, that we should have got, we should have traded him when we had the chance. Yeah. Cause he was playing like a bum before he went out. Right. No. He was leading the team in sacks uh, before he went out. No, he was having a good year. He just had this injury. He's kind of been dealing with it, I think, the last two years. And now he's going to have surgery to, to repair it. And hopefully we'll be able to get him back 100%. And it's an afterthought, this stupid foot injury. And we want to worry about it in 2022. And we'll have our edge rushers back next year. God knows we're going to need the help because uh, – Hicks is probably gone. and so I mean, there's discussions we'll have in about six or seven weeks when the season is over, but it's going to be a different-looking team in 2022, that's for sure, from the head coach on down. But, um, hell, maybe even from the general manager on down. That's not impossible. The McCassies love him, but uh, we'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, let's be aggressive in getting after him. They don't throw the football much, so we got to make them pay, pay when they do. Get after him. Get in. Get into especially Boyle. The, the, he's an inexperienced guy. He's probably the best pass rush. Well, he actually just faced Clowney and, and Garrett last week, so maybe not the best. But um, you know, we'll, we'll bring the house and uh, hopefully we'll get after him. And then I think one of the most important ones um, is pounce on Detroit's mistakes. If and when the Lions turn over the ball, we have to score. We have to, you know, like say we got two turnovers. We should, well, there we, you know, 10 to 14 points, 10 points minimum. If we get, let's say we get two turnovers, 10 points minimum off those turnovers. You know, this is what happens when you play a quote unquote inferior team. And with the way that our team has played this year, we're not going to run into too many inferior opponents. This is one of them. We are a better football team than the Lions. It may not feel like it right now, but we are. Even, you know, like I said, with Jeremy and I were going to spend that discussion convincing the other guy why his team was going to win, and, you know, that's what we did. But I think that, you know, if you ask Jeremy Reisman, if he had to bet on this game, who's he betting on? He's betting on the Bears because he knows. He knows. His, his Lions are not a very good football team this year. They're not playing very well. They find ways to lose football games. I mean, hell, that tie with the Steelers, man. That was a hell of a thing to sit through watching that game, especially in the last few minutes of it. So, you know, we are the better team. We should win. I believe we're favored as well to win this game, despite all the nonsense going around, going on uh, around it. You know, we should win. We are the better team. We have way more talent than the Lions do. We should win this game. So what you do when you're playing an inferior opponent is you make them pay for their mistakes. Whenever they make a mistake, you make them pay for it. You make them pay for it, dealer. And that's what we need to do in order to put some distance between us and them. You know, Tim Boyle makes a, a bad read and makes a throw. Don't drop the interception. Catch the damn thing. Run it back. And if we get tackled, put it in the end zone. 
Use that momentum. Put it on the board. Put the space between us and them. So that's pretty much all I got. I know I spent most of this ranting about Matt Nagy and, uh, you know, the just what a crazy day it was and with all the, the rumors and speculation about what's true and what has uh, what has transpired, what will, is it a done deal, and so on and so forth. I mean, we'll have our answers in short enough time. But um, for now, a girl can dream. So that's going to do it for me, guys. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for, for tuning in this week. Four shows in three days. It's a lot. Uh, and I appreciate all the downloads and, and streams that you guys, uh, you know, sticking with me and sticking with the show. Uh, we're not done yet. We'll be back on Friday with Bear Up and Bear Down and then back again on Saturday to close the book on week 12. We could possibly have our answer on Nagy by then. So Friday and Sat, well, Saturday show especially because that will be recorded on Friday, which is when we all expect to hear about the fallout of this game, win or lose. So Friday will be the Bear Up and Bear Down show. We'll give out our game balls, if you will, and then Saturday, the review show, that will be the one where we'll have our answers. So we'll either be disappointed talking about Nagy still our goddamn head coach and why uh, and all that kind of stuff or, uh, you know, who knows. But uh, those are the shows you don't want to miss, and uh, those will be the ones that we'll get out, and uh, then we'll take our little mini buy ourselves before we come back next Thursday Uh, with our preview episodes, previewing Bears Cardinals for week number 13. So enjoy the Thanksgiving holiday, those of you on this side of the pond. And I don't know what my what my Aussies and my uh, my, you know, my English folk. And I think we get some Italians and stuff out there. You know, it's it's all over uh, uh, Europe. And I appreciate that. I hope you guys just enjoy the time. Enjoy the game. I know you'll be watching and I know you'll be listening. And uh, so come back on Friday for Bear Up and Bear Down. And until then. My name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.